The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good types. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually not. No. no, and that's why I panicked when I first saw it. And I was like, <gasps> what is this? And then I went to the doctor. They're like, it's a skin tab. And I was like, oh, fuck. Ew, gross. <laughs> I think we've all done that, right? Like where you go to the gynecologist and you're like, ah, and they're like, it's uh, ingrown hair. And you're like, oh, my God. I thought. Like, I was like, I had a list of people I was calling to say I infected you. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather die. I'd rather I'd rather die. I'd hope that that thing, whatever it would be, would kill me before I have to call somebody <laughs> to tell them. Wait, you're telling me that if you found out you had an STD, you wouldn't tell people? No, I'm not saying I wouldn't tell people. I have a moral code. I'm just saying I'd rather die than have to make those phone calls. I would kill myself. <laughs> okay, just so we're all clear. And I'd leave in the note, like, if you knew me, just go to the doctor. <laughs> get your bits checked. I'm not saying that I have an STD, but you might just want to get, get your bits checked. <laughs> this shows how old we all are. Because um, now they actually have a service where you can put the person's number in and send them an anonymous text to let them know they need to get tested. Genius. Yep. Oh, wow. These are so. all the things that I go, why didn't I invent that? <laughs> I know. That is just genius. Well, it's like we get so focused on the fact that you're going to be super fucking embarrassed. We forget that there are other ways to do this. Right. <laughs> just, get, just get them the information. Right? Like, tell a friend to tell a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Make up a Facebook profile. Finsta, people. Can you imagine you just came home to a note in your mailbox? <laughs> or an anonymous text? <laughs> Uh, I have gonorrhea, but not so telling you. you who it is. <laughs> Get to guessing. You guys, April Fool's is coming up. I'm going to put anonymous STI oh notes in everybody's gosh. mailbox and then watch my neighborhood chat and see. And then please give them my business card because I will get a lot of work out of this. There's a lot of emotional turmoil that comes from something like that. Fucking phenomenal. I'll leave a stack before I leave. It's so good. All right. Um, with that being said, this is the Homance Chronicles. I'm Sarah. And I'm Nicole. And we have a very special guest with us today. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago, we did a, a podcast with Lori Jean Glass from Love to Pivot. And if you haven't listened to that episode, it's you're okay because you're going to learn about it again. Yeah. <laughs> so for time. this time, it's from Robin Breck. Did I say your last name right? It's Breckenridge, but oh. that's my handle for Instagram. Okay. So okay. it's easier, but yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. I do yeah. the same thing. Just easier. It's a long last name. So, okay. yep. I feel you. Yep. But yes, I'm a coach for uh, Pivot, which is the company that Lori Jean mm -hmm. is the founder and CEO. And we're just doing like amazing things out in the world. And I get to come and talk about anonymous STD tests <laughs> with people. <again. laughs> We don't do that, but <laughs> no. But she can coach people That's through it. That's right. Can't we you? can talk about it. Yeah. And be open enough to talk about it. Every situation, there's a pivot. That's right. Every Always time, an opportunity. To pivot. I'm actually a designer, and we use that phrase "pivot" 
even an hour work. So yeah. it's not uncommon. No, and it came from the basketball term where you're just making like a quick yeah. shift. And my son is actually I'm missing his basketball game today. And he totally oh, guilted me. He's no. like, you never go to my games. And I was like, oops, I do. <laughs> I do. But in his mind, I don't. So I wasn't I was like, you can have your experience. Just because you can't see me doesn't today, mean I'm not there. I will not be there. Um, oh. However, so I listened to his coach and he'll be like, pivot, pivot. And then there's the friends episode yeah, too. Yeah. Yep. Like, pivot. Well, it's funny. Yeah. My coworker got us pivot coasters from oh. friends. They have coasters that say pivot on it. Yep. And so we hand those out now for people. It's yeah, it's a good word. It's a good phrase. Yeah, and that's what we do with people because I think when I was listening to to the podcast that you did with Lori Jean, one of you asked like, can you can you have like life and do this type oh, of work? Oh, that was me. That was me. Yeah, yeah. because I was it, like, I don't understand how you can really dive into yourself and make these serious changes and dedicate yourself to these programs and still like show up for work every day looking like a human being yeah like being human and not (laughs) being completely either worn out or like somebody's like printer's not working you're like you lose it because you can't get your printer to work my mother used to talk to me at that time Well, thankfully, I mean, we we teach people how, like, one of the first things that we do is teach boundaries so that you know what to disclose and to who. So, like, at work, you would know these are people that you don't trust from an emotional standpoint, right? right? So Mm -hmm. you wouldn't disclose personal details about your life or your feelings because your feelings are sacred. Right. So, like... That comes up and you're like, my mom used to talk to me like that. And you take a breath and you call someone that you can trust and vent to and you just leave that person. Right. (laughs) Innocent bystander. (laughs) You don't bring it up. Right. And you realize like that's not the target. Right. Like that has nothing to do with it. And uh, it's my favorite part of the work is, is how the work like what brings people to our work is relationships with other people. Right. And sometimes things like sometimes it might be dating or relationship to alcohol or just like things that we're struggling with and it always ends up coming back to your relationship to yourself it's incredible it's I mean it's without fail like any problem you have I can bring it back to you and we can find some sort of solution even if the other person's a motherfucker (laughs) you know like sometimes people are motherfuckers and like everybody has a motherfucker it's your boyfriend it's your you know, it's Mom, in your family, it's your, it's dad, your boss, yeah. it's the person that's pissing you off at the copy machine. It's your dog. Right. And like we we think, oh, I'm getting better. Other people are going to get better, too. But the truth is they, they don't. No. And well, we can't and, drag people with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing about like change what you can control, mm-hmm. you know. And maybe you realize through all of your experiences that like you're not in the right environment. So you need to change your environment. Mm-hmm. You're never going to have people uh, change the way that they talk to you. People don't like, want to change unless they want to change. So like you can never get somebody else to do something for you unless they want to do that. And they don't really care, especially if you work with them. Yeah. And then <laughs> their, their choices are telling you something like yeah. that's the part. Like when we have experiences in childhood where in order to understand them or make sense of them, we, uh, Oh my God. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you're fine. No, you're totally fine. So we we tell ourselves that it's about us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, dad works too much because 
you know, I did something wrong when there was something wrong with dad that we can't understand. Or right. We just didn't know because our parents didn't disclose. Like when you're of little, course. you don't know everything. No. That's and your on. world is as far out as your nose. Right? right. So everything is about you. So then that becomes a survival pattern. And then we bring it into relationships where like if somebody's acting a certain way towards us, it tells us a lot more about them yeah. than it does about our self-worth. Right. But when sure. that's all confusing and somebody's like <clears throat> ghosts you on a date and you're like, what's wrong with me? Nothing. It's, it's actually nothing to do with you. It's like, what's wrong with this dude's like communication right. or right. the way he attaches or is he just a dick? I don't know. Maybe. Well, people are also selfish and the, I like to equate it back to like the um, disposable lifestyle that we live everything is disposable and people have started treating people like they're disposable i've noticed it's so sad save the turtles people i know i have metal straws yeah Yeah. and it's just been it's really easy for people to sit in their avoidance now because you can just block somebody on social media or you know there's this whole culture where like oh i don't like her anymore i'm just never gonna respond i that that culture blows my mind. I cannot, for the life of me, understand. I've been diving into like my numerology and all my things. I've just going, been going hard, and like, I just don't understand why people can't be like tactful and nice to each other. What is the problem? What is that? It's the person. <laughs> so, like, like, if how if you, you do don't, that? if you, if let's say you are afraid of conflict and you're conflict avoidant. And you have to tell someone, I'm not interested in you. Like, we don't know how to be honest, right? We're because, afraid to be honest. Right, exactly. Well, yeah, tactfully honest is a- another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just a, that's like a detail, you know? That's just like a little sprinkle on the cake. Tactful or not, it's got to be said. <laughs> yeah, they'd I just suppose. rather leave. Yeah. No, I think that, yeah, everybody's a bunch of cowards. Yeah. <laughs> fucking coward i do i do well i think we are though from my experience of working with like a lot of people now is people just don't know how to be honest with each other that you can be kind helpful and direct and that it's actually the loving thing to do or the honoring thing to do in any relationship Mm -hmm. it's just to be like you're a nice person but like i don't vibe with you it's yeah. nothing to do with yourself or, yeah. or like you didn't do anything you have wrong. kids and I don't want kids right you didn't do anything wrong no. I just like literally can't your stand your you yeah. know or like at work right and and it's it it's complex like in every relationship is different but people call me all the time oh, I don't know what to say to this person and I'll be like okay what would you say if there was no such thing as judgment or guilt or shame? What would you say? And they'd be like, I'd just be like, I don't want to hang out with you anymore. Then, I'd be like, okay, well, then we just need to say that in like a kind and helpful way in the right. least amount of words as possible. Right. And then we do it. And they're like, oh, you're a, a, a witch, a magical witch. And I'm like, no. I just, you just said, I just helped you say what you had to say. You're like... <laughs> I'll take words, man. Yeah. People tell me all the time, like, you're so good with, like, crafting words. I'm like, no, I'm just, th- what you said that before the rest of all that shit came in, like, we're just going to say that. Yeah. I actually had a guy recently that I went out with who has a roommate, and when you're in your late 30s, I feel like a roommate's an awkward situation. Like, it I, is. Yeah, I don't necessarily want to come to your house. The mm-hmm. guy that dropped acid at the wedding, he was uh, a yeah, with he had roommates. About, yes. Well, and Several. so <laughs> this guy asked me like if I wanted to come over and like hang out and I said no. Like no offense, but I'm not comfortable coming to your house. 
Yeah, college days are over. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and he already knows that I wasn't considering him to be like a serious relationship contender anyway. But I was, I mean, there's something that is really um, refreshing about just being like, nah. Uh, nah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, because then you don't have to think about it anymore. It's that weight yeah. off of your shoulders. You no longer have to process how am I going to put this out in the air. You already did it and it's done. And you're like, well. The only thing that happens, though, is that every time that I am honest with a guy, I won't say every time, but a lot of times she's honest honest every time Mm -hmm. with a guy. Well, I'm honest. It's brutal (laughs) and it's blunt and it's fucking hilarious. Okay. (laughs) To everyone else but the guy? No, no oh, to everybody. To everybody. Because they're like, wait, you're actually dropping this like this on me right now? She's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Done the But end. what happens with that. men, though, <laughs> is too. that then I think they're, they're so not used to it that they start asking me a shit ton of questions. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. <clears throat> I feel like... Well, because I, they broke the barrier, and they're no longer like worried about you being interested, so they have no issues with being looking like an idiot, so they're going to be like, all right, so what can I do better now? Maybe. I don't know. But like, you know, so I told this guy, like, I'm not comfortable. Why aren't you comfortable? Well, you have a roommate, and that's not, I don't really want to come hang out with you and your roommate. Right. Or like, even if it's just you and I, like, your roommate could pop in and out whatever, mm-hmm. whatever time. Like, I'm just not here for that lifestyle, right? Right. But is the house and, set up so that it's, like, an actual roommate, or are they housemates? I don't know what Would you Would it made a difference? That. Like, I don't if know the guy, if the roommate lived in the basement, let's say, and you never actually saw him, and you guys had the whole upper house to yourself. Oh. I don't know. It's still weird. Not trying to I fuck still with it all? Like it. At all? No. Yeah. I still don't like it. Okay. Um, so anyway, so the questions keep going, right? And so it gets to the point where I'm like, okay, I've explained myself, I feel like enough, (laughs) just (laughs) accept it, right? And so that's the other phase of, okay, I've now crossed the confrontational potential, uh, barrier here. Mm -hmm. It didn't get confrontational. I used the right words. Still honest, but now you're not dropping it. Yeah, that's another thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's just, it's back to boundaries. Like, (laughs) she's she's the one that taught me how to make boundaries. I didn't have them before I met her. And and like, if if this is somebody that you're not interested in in dating anymore, like, it's just what what's what are you trying to communicate like I'm not interested right and and I'm not interested because of this and then that's all I'm willing to discuss so it's like let's say his name is Walter why I just pulled that out I have no idea that's amazing so like Walter um listen like and he's like well tell me more about that it's like Walter again like I'm just not comfortable with your living situation and it it was really nice to know you and get to know you and like we're good so if I see you around like we're cool right and then but wait but wait you know again Walter not you know that's it that's all I'm willing to discuss and thanks so much so like you just have to just put the kibosh Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's, it's just, I'm like, why do you make it so hard? Why, well, do, why do people make it so hard? Rejection is difficult. They want to understand it. You know, like, remember whenever, if you've ever been rejected from a job, why? <laughs> they just sure. tell you like, hey, no thanks, but no thanks. And you're like, but what the fuck? <laughs> it literally checked all the boxes on paper, bro. Like, it just, you know, people are nosy. I guess. Rejection is 
super hard right. for everyone. <laughs> you know what's funny? I always struggle with the, do you give them all the compliments first and then to deliver bad news? Or do you do the bad news first? But just so you know, X, Y, Z. I always like to do the compliments first. I think you start soft. Yeah. Yeah, because, you because you're not trying to get the defenses up right away, yeah. right? But then you have to see, be like, so I'm going to talk to you about some something. And then they're like, oh, fuck. And then you're like, well, and you're just such a great person. You start laying it down on them. And they're like, mm, you're going to fuck with me, aren't you? And then you're like, but by the way. <laughs> yeah. You That's are so dangerous. wonderful. But. <laughs> <laughs> we always say, instead of saying but, say and. Oh, we like, do yes wonderful and. and. Yep, we do the this yes This isn't and. working, right? And that's the truth. Like, and, and getting to the truth faster is just like, it's so honoring, right? Because yeah. when people dick you around, mm-hmm. it's the worst. It's always hard to deal with the delusional ones, though. The ones that are literally just do not understand, cannot comprehend how they have been asked to no longer contact me or whatever. They just keep, wait, why? What happened? You know you love me. I don't know. None of those things are true. Like, <laughs> yeah, I have a word psychotic? for I, I call those habitual boundary pushers. Yeah. So they're like HBPs. <laughs> <laughs> One of my clients did the acronym. She was like, that, he's an HBP. And I was like, an HBP. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what I called them. Habitual boundary pushers. <laughs> and habitual boundary pushers just need fucking boundaries. Well, they need yeah, like for it's their not actions. happening. You're not. I don't think you're hearing what I'm communicating, and I'm gonna have to mute you. Honestly, the more the more boundary, the people that I learned were the boundary pushers pushers the most. Like my previous ex, they never had any consequences for their actions, mm-hmm. so they never had anybody stick to like the consequence that was going to be given. It's manipulative. Yeah. And so I feel like it's a very typical behavior of addicts as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, it's a behavior of anybody who's selfish enough to do stuff like that to people. Mm-hmm. And but. anyone that thinks altering their behavior will control an outcome, which mm-hmm. is what a lot of us do. There's it's a term called hypervigilance and it's just an anxious response uh, yeah. to something where like it it activates that part of us that's been rejected, neglected or abandoned. And so what we do is we cling. Hold on a second. Wait, let me tell you this. Hold on. You didn't look at it this way, right? Because oh, you yeah. can't leave me. Mm-hmm. Because if you leave me, I'm in discomfort. Right. And sometimes, like, serious discomfort. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I never even thought about that. Mm-hmm. Hypervigilance. So what happens, <laughs> this is a crazy thing about dating, is that we all have these, like, energies that live in us, which is, like, that Mm -hmm. child energy, Mm -hmm. that wounded inner child, that wounded teenager type of energy. And then we have, like, our adult, which is, like, compromised of both survival patterns of the kid and the teen. And when we get broken up with, or sometimes, like, even just the whole relationship, like, I was in a relationship one time, and it was just, like, crazy. Like, beyond crazy, right? Crazy and in a good way or crazy horrible. in a bad way? We horrible. need to know what that means. Yeah, I'm going to need more context. I mean, the crazy train that Lori Jean talks about, I was like just conducting the ride, like <laughs> hanging out the window like, we're going to make this work. I mean, it was so bad. It was so bad. And when I, when I got out of it and was able to look back on it, I was like, holy shit, my teenager 
picked this motherfucker and then stayed in relationship with him the whole time. Oh like, my God. it was not even my adult self at mm-hmm. all. And then, like, you know, of course, like, one would play off the next and, and his wounded teenager would come in and hurt my inner child and my t- inner child would be activated. And it's this crazy dance that we call the toxic tango, <laughs> which is a toxic relationship, That's right? It's my life. Yeah. It was my life, too. It was my life, too. So, <sighs> yeah, so it's like Bye. we're... You know, sometimes you're having a conversation with like Walter's teenager and you just got to, you know, you don't want to come down to that level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if he's asking you too many questions or whatever, it's like, yeah, I'm not meeting you there. Like I'm up here. And if you want to come up here and have a conversation, cool. If not, like in a very respectful way, no. Now, do you recommend these are done in person? Yeah. Or over the phone. I mean, yeah, definitely not in writing. No? Like, text or... Yeah, this whole thing was over text. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know it was, but I'm... I feel like text is just going to... It's like, it's just more open for drama and chaos for yourself. Because it's misunderstood, or maybe they send you, like I used to, the dissertation texts that were like 25 pages oh, yeah, long, absolutely. explaining all the, you know? And it's like, Ugh. And in this thesis, we are proving. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I've done studies to show that you should be My senior year, I <laughs> proved You that. should stop cheating on me immediately. <laughs> and here's why. And they would never, be happier if you stop yeah, cheating. Those, just... and those dissertation texts never work. Well, they never no. get read. No. But it made you feel better because you typed it all out. Exactly. And I'm just engulfing the other person. Right. So I think that it's just more relational to have a, a conversation in person or over the phone. Mm-hmm. Like if it in person isn't comfortable enough, mm-hmm. because what we're talking about is super hard and mm-hmm. it's a very tall order to ask people to have uncomfortable conversations. It and really I mean, is. I've been doing this now for a while and consider myself a pretty healthy person at this point. And there's still conversations where I'm like, Dancing on the side tip, for a little tip, while, like, tip, tip, tip. Oh man, I don't really need to say this. this and then you know, then I'm all like, "Fuck her!" I can't wait that back. You know. And now I like, like have enough self awareness where I'm like, "Ooh, I have to have my voice." <laughs> yeah. But so, that's that's why the coaching that we do is really great because you have support. Like we don't know how to do this. We're not taught how to do right, this. Right? Yeah. Absolutely no. not. I was gonna say, was there a specific situation that made you go I can't live this way anymore I have to get out of the toxic tango yeah Yeah. how did you exit the building on that one (sighs) well I mean it was ugly podcast is gonna join you sorry sorry, honey um (laughs) yeah so sorry she's so terrible I know she is (laughs) sitting quietly uh so yeah it was It was a long time coming and it really taught me that I had this very big muscle for um, like emotional dysregulation and pain because I I grew up in a a really nice home with two wonderful parents that are still married but dysfunctional as fuck. (laughs) Like that's just the truth. Did they invented the tango? Uh, in their own way, I think I took it to another level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were so proud. And um, advanced toxic. Yeah, in, 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 my, in my own way, I just, yeah, I, I took it up a notch. So um, just not a lot of secure attaching. I didn't feel safe in my environment growing up. I didn't trust anybody in my environment growing up. And I had an emotionally unavailable father. So present, but emotionally unavailable. And were, we, were your parents... 
um, not honest or were they hiding things or something? Like, why did you not trust or feel safe at home? No, it was really the dynamics of the relationship. Oh, like, my okay. dad was pretty uh, controlling and angry. I had two siblings that were a lot older than me, so they were going through, like, their teenage years mm-hmm. when I was a child. You were just, you were dumped in the middle of the fucky part yeah. of a family. Uh-huh. And, like, and my mom was very, like, mild and kind of controlled by my dad and just not a ton of clarity. Just a lot of, like, chaos. There was mm-hmm. a lot of chaos and that like was bad going. chaos. Not good chaos. No, not good chaos, but, but like, regular chaos that, like, we just had me uh, living in a state of confusion. Like, I okay. didn't understand. And then in my family, my dad is very sarcastic and so humor, if you guys can't already tell, because we've been like, right. laughing about horrible Have things. we met? Uh, yeah. So humor was used in my family, uh, but so was, like, bullying to a certain extent. So, mm. like, my sisters were not nice to me. Mm. In fact, like, they would, like, lock me. They would tickle me because I was really ticklish. And they would take all my clothes off except, like, my little Care Bear underwear. And they would lock me outside. Oh, for, my like, Until my mom came home. I know. Like, so it sounds like, to me, this is, like, laughable stuff, right, in my family. And well, then I mean, people look at me and go, what? And then I have way more stories than but that. But, no, that it's terrifying. Like, it's funny because, but... Hmm. How do I say this? My family used to do stuff like that too, but it was like humor. Mm-hmm. Like we were all giggling and then everybody was cool about it afterwards. It didn't sound like that for you. No. Okay. I mean, so you were just being it wasn't funny, funny to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, no. Funny to everybody else. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get. Yeah, yes, so it's there, a family environment too, because we did stuff like that. Like I gave my sister wedgies with ice cubes in her bathing suit. Yeah, and some like of it's terrible, normal. but funny. Right. Some of it's normal, but I think because my dad, he grew up. You know, with a really cold mom, and I, I joke, I call my dad the refrigerator because he's so cold. <laughs> and, and he is just—he's a good guy, but he's cold, you know. And so, when you don't learn how to like properly attach to a caregiver, it just lays a foundation, yeah. right? So, like, mm-hmm. I went out, and that's what we do—is we really go out from an unconscious place, like those wounded parts of us, to have a corrective experience. So we'll seek out the same energy that wounded us. So, like in my case, it was emotional unavailability Mm -hmm. and so I went out in the world and like here we are in a room full of people and I'm like really social and friendly and the one dude in the back that's pretending like I don't exist is where my energy is going right because or girl like if it's a friend Mm -hmm. right like oh my gosh why, why doesn't that person like me right and then I want like from an unconscious place I want like them to pick me see me you know that I'm enough for them because then that thing that's like lives in me that tells me I'm not enough will will go away. And then the fact that your dad is the same way and that he found somebody, you feel like he, that person in the corner, should be the same and should be able to pick you. Right. Yep. Yeah. But the problem is if I, you're I uh, if you're that. unavailable, <laughs> you can't pick anybody. It wouldn't be. Yeah. Right. Does this sound familiar? Yeah. It's a lot of people's stories. That's a challenge accepted situation that a lot of people are like, oh, I'm gonna do that. Sure. And usually yeah, it worked out, but then it didn't at the end. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work out because we end up with that like unmet longing. Like we're always longing for that love and connection. And even when we win them over, we don't really trust it. You know, right. it's just it just re-traumatizes us. And and so to answer your question in the beginning, I rode that train out like until I was like, you know, almost out of here. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. So 
Um, it was an abusive relationship. It oh, was a I'm toxic so relationship. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I learned so much from it now that I can totally speak from a place of empowerment yeah, around that's it. Yeah, using mm-hmm. your experiences. Yeah, to help like I don't feel victimized at all. Well, I feel good. like, wow, like when I came out of it and really got out of the victim part where I was like, oh my God, he did this and he did this. <laughs> and I went, what in the hell did I just tolerate? Like what happened, Robin? What? Where are right. we, right? And then from there, I built this relationship to myself. And that's why I do this work, because if I can get better, anyone can get better. What era of your life were you in where you decided, like, I need to shift? So my 20s, like mid-20s. Yeah. yeah. How long did it take you to shift? 10 years, probably. No, <laughs> no honestly. 10 no, years, but... That's like, no, we, honestly, because... I'm still shifting, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like there's this finish line where I'm like, I'm healthy or like, oh, no. my relationships are perfect, no. right? By saying shift, I, yeah. s- I say shift because you're not actually leaving or relieving anything. It's just... But the you've, bigger you've shift... Ment- you've mentally made a decision to do better for yourself, though. I mean, I think that any time that you are uh, discovering things about yourself and seeing a pattern and recognizing like, oh, I'm you know, doing this over and over again and you decide to make a change, that's a shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and how the, I would define it. Yeah, sure. A, and the gift of a bottom, like when you hit a bottom, is that like you don't have a choice. Yeah. Like I didn't have a choice. Right. I, I couldn't live like that anymore. And uh, so I would say like around my 30s is when I just started to like open up to different types of programs. So like do you think, would you say like your mid-20s, you're like mentally I'm not happy, I want to fix this, and then you started acting on it? Like did it take you a couple of years to really gear up? It took me a long time. I mean, I had gone to therapy, had a great therapist, and what I was finding challenge with was like I, I've always been like, I'm an empath. I feel Mm -hmm. first, you know? And, um, so I really understood, like I knew I had dad issues. I knew there were, you know, I knew it all, but I couldn't shift my behavior. And I would like go into my therapist and be like, help me, you know, (laughs) you just need to love yourself. And I'd be like, well, how the fuck do you love yourself? Cause like, I will do it. You know, I couldn't figure it out. It takes a minute. And that's the frustrating part because it's like, I mean, just like that, like, oh, you need to love yourself. And I'd be like, um. Okay. It's like when people are, when you're like, I'm sad, they're like, well, don't be sad. Yeah, it's just, but, okay, don't, sure. don't be nervous. Oh, like, stop worrying about that. <laughs> yeah. You're not hungry. So, I'm, bitch, I'm starving. Exactly. So <laughs> what I, I just had my own little path and ended up going to a place called Five Sisters Ranch, which was where Lori Jean Glass was director of clinical operations. And they were testing this curriculum that we use with Pivot. And like, I went for 12 days out to Northern California. And in those 12 days, like all of that, that stuff I was searching for, all of the context to understand, like, why was I doing these things Or like even a language to use to, Absolutely. to speak about yes. it. Absolutely. Yes. It was all like, thing oh. I see. Like people don't have the words to, to actually use. They don't have a language they can use to like communicate their emotions. So people are like, I don't know how to feel. I just feel. And it's like, okay, all right. Are you sad? Are you happy? <laughs> yeah. Are you feeling cranky? Are you hungry? Like, <laughs> And the crazy part is that it's different for everybody. Like yeah. every client I work with, like I have some clients where I'm dropping them out of their head and into their heart. And sometimes we have like a minute there because it's so uncomfortable and it's, they don't sit in their feelings. It's yeah. scary. Yeah. And someone like me, I always say like, you know, those packs of crayons. Like, do you guys remember when you were little? Yeah. Like yeah. they have like the regular pack of crayons and then they have the one with like the pencil sharpener that mm-hmm. had like a thousand crayons. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like in the like realm of feeling, I have the thousand crayons. 
crayon with like the pencil sharpener <laughs> and like I would be with like friends or guys or whatever and they'd have like the two pack that you get at like big boys <laughs> and I'm like I'm like don't you see that like the sparkly magenta in me and they're like I don't even have red like, I, I don't have... even know yellow <laughs> and green bitch right? what do you need yeah so when I work with people it's like crazy because everybody everybody's story is different everybody's feelings are different mm-hmm. like your shame and my shame are different, different. Mm-hmm. your fear and my fear so it's not this thing that we just treat like oh here's generalized anxiety this is what you do right everybody's is different Absolutely. so yeah for some people it's like dropping into your feelings and even being able to sit in them and communicate and for some of them it's like get out of your feelings yeah. <laughs> now <laughs> we actually Show them yeah we go to the same therapist but um our therapist has this uh, like laminated chart kind of thing next to the couch and it, it's the chart of feelings <laughs> yeah because i i have a hard time coming up with the appropriate descriptor of yeah. my feelings and so i have to grab the chart and go mm, okay i'm in the anger field let's narrow this down you know mm-hmm. and it's true. Yeah, it's true. I've never used that chart in her office in my life. I have to. Here we talk and about individualization. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we, are, yeah. You, we couldn't get more different if you tried. Literally, yeah. we are the most opposite when it comes to how we approach things, how we look at things, but also it's so similar. It works out really well. My vibe is that you're like in your, like you're more of an empath feeler yes. and you're more heady. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we would call that more of like an avoidant, more of an anxious type of attachment. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. 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 No, I, that's been like one of the biggest, um, I won't call it a complaint statement of facts that ex-boyfriends have made about me is that, um, I try to make f- feelings logical. Mm-hmm. You also tend and to date men who are very feely. Yeah, more feely very than I feely. Am. Like you could more feely than me. <laughs> yeah, very feelings. <laughs> and and that's what we do. Like I mean, what I'm talking <laughs> about the the two pack crayon from Big Boys. Yeah. Like this is I'm talking about like hardcore avoidance, and I'm a hardcore anxious. Like where I'm just like. Let's talk about the we we draw in that that energy that wounded us and the energy that wounded us is the opposite of of what we are. Right. So it's interesting, but what I do with my clients is like, you know, emotional intelligence is combining the two. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. not necessarily looking at your feelings and making them logical, but bringing your logic into your feelings. But you have to be able to feel your feelings and, and identify them yeah. to be able to combine that. And then opposite for you, like people oh, that are anxious, it's like we we feel something and then we just do something right away. I learned. Then we think not about it later. To do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would too. say I'm very proud of myself. 2019 was a bad year for most. It was an okay year for it me in terms of personal me. growth. Yeah. I've become very self-aware of a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. Like we got it. When you're in your heart, you got to pause. God, And sucks. get up into that logic, right? She, yeah. I think that's why we get along so well because she'll look at me like, what is fucking happening in your head? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and she's like, well, I'll tell you. You're dumb. And here's why. <laughs> What you're feeling makes no sense. And I'm like, you know, you're fucking right, but I can't stop. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember a breakup that I had. It was terrible. The guy cheated on me. We were together for a while, and he was cheating on me for a whole half of it, and I was supporting him, and blah, blah, blah. This is the first time she's ever seen me, like, fucking full-on break down and cry, yeah. right? We were probably a good two and a half, three years into our our homance. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Roughly. <laughs> 
And she was, and I, I, we were walking in the hall together, and I, I passed her in the hall. And she's like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, "I'm not good. I'm going home. I'm upset." And I started crying, and she was like, "Oh fuck." do you want me to come? And I was like, sure, it's fine. So she took a half day with me Aww. and brought tequila to my house. And Aww. she was like, here, um, I don't emotions. <laughs> and she set it on the countertop and we chugged a bunch of tequila and we took, we hulked all this man's shit out of my house and put it outside. And it was like, that's how we dealt with my emotions and her mm-hmm. logic. Yeah, that's beautiful. Because she fucking hated him anyway. So it was, she was like more than happy to Well, help. she just needed to come over and get you into action. Yep. Right? Get you out of the feeling yep. Yep. for a minute. Well, and then... she, well, she like literally was there when I got home. Like she showed up right after I did. So I couldn't dive into the sad. She was like, Let's fucking do this. Take shots. She even took shots. She never takes shots. Did shots with me. <laughs> and then we like literally lifted things that were heavier than the two of us combined because we were just... You guys are homance goals. Yeah. <laughs> All the way. You're telling yeah. me. <laughs> well, I mean, for me, like, I can only handle hearing the same thing so many times. Mostly like, that's it. I have a, I mm-hmm. have a quick trigger for repetitiveness. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't hear about this anymore. Like, I can't. Like, I'm done. Like, it wasn't that my, I was this hurt. This my feelings. <laughs> it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't because I was in pain. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, I can't listen but to this. But she does love me, so I know it was partially maybe five, six percent. But she had what you needed, which yes. was like a boundary. Like, I can't, this is crazy. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, when yeah, we're but, in it, we need that, like, whoa. But like her, get out of this. but like the way she helped me react to that showed me and taught me. So the next relationship I dove into, she was like, mm, and I was like, I got this. And she's like, no, you don't. But all right, I'm supporting you because I'm your friend. And at the end of it, I was like, I didn't have it. <laughs> but here's what I'm doing. And she was like, I'm very proud of you. Oh, <laughs> I love it. So it's like a progression, natural progression of things I'm eventually going to learn. Well, you know, we can learn a lot from a different attachment style. <laughs> Right? Like they think about things before they do it, or like, what does it mean to be scared? Right? Well, tell me more about fear. Right? It's a good, you guys. It's a good friendship. It was a fuck. It was a good day. Yeah. I'll not lie to you. It was a good fucking day. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, but what got you into um, deciding? Like, you wanted to take on the life coach role, right? Yeah. So you did the twelve days in California, and you're like. This, I've had a breakthrough. This has helped me. And then how do you channel that energy into saying, I'm going to help others now? Yeah. So my background is in education and I have a master's degree in emotional impairment. So I worked with emotionally impaired kids and teens. Uh, Cause I oh, think man, we, that's heavy. Yeah. I think we, like, like a lot of us feelers will draw in like jobs or careers where we're actually trying to repair our own inner child or teenager, right? So I ended up working in um, Macomb County Juvenile Justice Center. Jesus, age Christ. Right, teaching geometry. (laughs) Sorry, that was aggressive. Hold on, did you hear that last part? You said geometry. geometry. Yeah. Well, you're pretty, so Uh. that may have helped. Well, don't want to be that girl, but like, I'm being like, that girl. Oh, the guys are, you know, the boys are going to love you. And, and I think my second day there, the one kid's like, how old are you? And at the time I was turning 34 and I was like, 34, he's like, you're my mom's age. And I was like, ew. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. Ew, and, bro. Yeah. I mean, I, I learned so much. And what was fascinating was I had the access to all their files and I worked with a group of sex offenders. That's cool. Sex offenders. Yeah, that's really cool. They were 
10 to 16 years old. How exciting you get to help people like that. Yeah, it was incredible. Weird gray area of their lives. It was incredible. And I went through all of their files, and every single kid in that place had a fucked up childhood. Every single one of them, right? We are like hardcore into true crime, and that is always (laughs) the case. They always bounce their head off of something and then get raped by somebody they know and love and trust, and then it's all downhill from there. Right. So I was (laughs) always. That was a terrible synopsis of true crime. But but. it's true. But it's true. I can tell you know your shit. You know. So I have always been fascinated by behavior and um, and always wanted to help in in that like emotional behavioral realm. And so when I met Lori Jean and this curriculum didn't just impact me, it changed my life. She was like, I'm starting this coaching company and um, I'd love like I think you'd be really good. So basically she just mentored me for a while and then I did like this very extended training process because at the time we didn't have we have like a legit training process now at the time it was like are you available to talk about it together yeah yeah and uh, I just started working with people and I just shifted my career and it just was it's you know when you find like your passion and your purpose it's just it's It's so easy and like Mm -hmm. I love what I do I love being a support and I love that what was frustrating to me is I worked in a really good school district in Michigan and um, I was trying I got into it to help kids and I won't name the district but it's not just that district I think it's everything every district yeah yeah. like we weren't helping anybody no because let's say like I had people above me special ed directors etc and there was this like bureaucratic BS or like you couldn't you couldn't step on someone's toes because their fucking ego couldn't take it and I'm like I just want to help this kid and then we're sitting there with like people with degree you know degrees and acronyms up their ass going well I think it's this and I'm like I don't care I didn't have you been this kid is like suffering and and we could help him by doing this this and this and I was just hitting this wall so when I went through this curriculum myself and then started coaching people in it and seeing that like we really help people yeah I was like "Huh, all right I've arrived because this this process really does work and I've now worked with like hundreds of people and these people are electing to do this Mm -hmm. right I would say that that's if you're in the yeah yeah, if you're in an education system unfortunately people are kind of being dropped there or um maybe misdiagnosed and then being put in certain situations or whatever the case may be. Or they were Whereas, like, picked working up because they did something wrong or illegal. Yeah, working as a, as a life coach, people are saying, I'm ready for yeah. this. Well, the kids, right? like, I, I worked with kindergarten to, to 12th graders. So they weren't. And um, the kids actually did want help, but it was, you would hit the roadblock of the, yeah. the yeah, parents. The parents, right? yeah. the that, parents uh, and the people above. And then, but what was frustrating for me was the system that we were to, you know, we were there to help and we weren't really doing that. Yeah. So yes, it, it, the fact that people elect to do this because I have, a, I work with a lot of therapists, I work with a lot of social workers and I know a lot of therapists and social workers and they get really burned out because yeah. they're like, um, I'm trying to help them and I want it more than they do Mm. and we're really up front um with our clients like if somebody has a ton of resistance like we'll just have we'll be honest like i'll be like hey you know this is hard and this is not easy and if it's not the time i totally respect that like one 
client in particular, she uh, was in, she was on crazy train, but like, it was bad. It was really bad. Was and, it on steroids? Oh, it was on mega steroids. <laughs> I don't even know what's worse than steroids. I've never done them. Like but a train or crazy train on nitrous. It Do this. was <laughs> bad. Yeah, it was bad. And so she would call me. And if anybody's ever been in a toxic relationship, you understand this, like at the, the bottom, like yeah. at the low, when mm-hmm. you just like need help and you're just so in your feelings. You have no idea what to do. But then usually we'll go back to the relationship to try to, to heal it and we'll go into that mm-hmm. cycle of, of abuse, right? Or a toxic relationship. Cycle of doom. Yeah, where it's like, oh, now I'm out of it. I'm going back to the person that hurt me, but oh, okay, now I'm back in it. And so she was doing that, which is not really what we do. Like you can get, you know, mm-hmm. you can go to a therapist and get it covered by insurance. So I just was like, hey, if you want to just call me every week for an hour and just complain about him that's cool if you agree to it I agree to it but I'm here to help you get into action and she like freaked out because her own shame like came up Mm -hmm. like I'm I'm not supposed to be doing this this is she's telling me you know like I'm doing it wrong and I was like do you know how many times I've done this in my life right a million and I used to like go to my therapist and be like oh this is happening this and then the next session I'd be like it's all good and I don't want to face reality so uh, I'm sick, right? Or right, I'm not, right, not going right. to show up or whatever. Um, and we had this conversation and she was crying and she was like, thank you so much for giving me the space to just say like, I'm not ready to do it. Right. Because I was pressuring myself. I'm like, you got my number. Call me when you're out of it. And when she did. Ready. She did. Like it blew up and she called me and she was like, I can't believe I'm doing this again. You know? <laughs> yeah. But like, we'll be really honest and upfront. We're not here to take anybody's money That's or awesome. like not a system where we're like trying to keep you sick so that you keep coming or like rehashing things. That's not what we do at all. In fact, like I've had clients that come for three months and they're done. And I do a small group uh, coaching class at the She Hive. Do you guys know what the She Hive is? I haven't heard of it. <gasps> Sounds fun. What? <laughs> oh my, it's in Ferndale. I okay. Say, I've, I've seen it. It's in it is. So I'm a uh, part of the She Hive. I think we're called members now. No. Partners. Partners. Okay. Bees? We just changed it. Queens? Queen bees. We were we were key holders. Now we're, oh, we're partners. So okay. um, we just it's a <laughs> it's a women's collective that Im- it, we empower, educate, and build community for women. Oh, it's wonderful. And it's like this awesome space in Ferndale and they just do workshops and classes like seven days a week. That's great. Yeah. So I do a small group class there. Um, so there's different options and that's only five weeks. So it's like you don't have to commit to the Mm -hmm. full coaching, but a lot of people go through it and then they'll be like, wait, let's do a session. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, I just started to unpack. Like, whoa. There's a lot more here. Yeah. Yeah. But it it, it might sound. Turns out I'm like a glacier. Yeah. It sounds (laughs) overwhelming. But I think everybody has their own like Mount Everest of whatever. Like maybe it's a financial concern that seems like just so big and overwhelming or emotional or Mm -hmm. dating or your childhood or whatever. And the way we do it is just like, we meet you where you are. Like if it feels overwhelming and you're like, I can't, I can't unpack this this week because I have a meeting that I have to show up to. It's like, all right, no big deal. Like self-care always, Mm -hmm. always take care of yourself. Always, always, always. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, a little bit of what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, you're only going to get out of it what you put into it. Right. And I feel like that theme also has taken a huge nosedive in the dating world because nobody puts the effort in anymore, right? Because they think that they can just like swipe for more (laughs) opportunities. Disposable. Yeah. And so um, when you talk about like being ready to help yourself, you also have to think like, am I ready for a relationship? Mm -hmm. Am I ready for like whatever the next step is? Or am I just like 
going to keep thinking the grass is greener? Right. Am I just going to keep thinking like, well, it'll work itself out Eventually or whatever. One like, day. yeah, you have to put the work in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and often you have to do it differently. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. if if online or apps or something are not working for you, like we we think there's nothing else, but like there was a whole Lots of hundreds of thousands of years oh, before we ever had. Yeah. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I was born people before each other, any right? of these dating apps so, were a thing. Like sometimes those apps are just really challenging for people, depending on your background. Uh, so I always tell people, like, you know, build community for yourself. Like, like always, it always comes back to self, right? Like, what do you want to grow in yourself? Let's say, like, mm-hmm. oh man, I used to do art and now I don't anymore. Or I'm really interested in like social justice type of topics. And so you start to build a community and then it opens up more opportunity to meet people that you have commonalities with right. or shared mm-hmm. interests with. And I'll tell you guys just a little secret of what we do in the dating Ooh, plan. Yes, sure. it's a top secret here. Um, <laughs> I mean, what it we is at do the end is, of the episode though, so. Is it? Yeah. It's how good much? Stuff. How, how much time do we have? Oh yeah, no, you're oh, funny. No, okay. no, we have like, I don't want to drop we... it. And run out of time. No. <laughs> so you, you won't run out of time. And now say. that I've built it up, yeah, <laughs> it's not that great. Um, so what we have you do is we look at five different areas in dating. So you're looking at what do you want financially, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, and um, did I say emotionally? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Intellectually, spiritually, financially, physically. Ooh, that's a big one. Yeah, that's a big one. Right? So we look at those five areas and we say, like, what am, what do I want? Like, if I was to reach for the stars, and this is what we call the preferences. So you're like, okay, I prefer for them not to have a roommate, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then after that, we go through and we look at what are your non-negotiables. And the non-negotiables are the, this isn't going to budge and it's not going to budge ever. Mm-hmm. And the reason that it's great to do the coaching is we, we go through your life so you really understand that like every single one of us is carrying around emotional limitations. Yeah. Like I had an emotionally unavailable dad. That's called neglect, right? So I carry around this thing in me of emotional ne- neglect. So if you emotionally neglect me, or let's say I text you and you don't text me back for two days, but you left, left I'm me gonna be red. crazy, yeah, right. And it doesn't matter how logical I right. am, where I'm like, Robin, breathe and use your, you know, repairs that you know. No, like I'm gonna <laughs> right. be crazy, right? right? So I know that that limitation is something that I can't fuck with, right? Like I can't it's date the person that smokes doesn't cigarettes. text or smokes cigarettes. Right. Or or, or screams when they get mad or whatever, right? So when we go to that place, we're really, really specific of like, this is what I will not do ever because I know if I do it, I will not be okay, mm-hmm. right? I'm not mm-hmm. going to be emotionally safe. And if you're not emotionally safe, you're not going to build intimacy in a relationship, period. Like you have to have trust and safety in order right. to be vulnerable enough to do that, right? Mm-hmm. So I always tell people like, think about it. When I walk clients through it, like, I don't think I've had one single person and I've had people that have done a ton of work on themselves ever tell me that they did that, that they sat down with themselves and were like, what do I want from these areas? What do I have to offer from yeah. those five See, areas? I have done that and she makes I make fun, fun of, of her it. every time. You have? Yes. Do you know what your non-negotiables are? Yes. And, but she makes fun of it all the time. She's like, you have a list. I can't believe you have a list. And I'm like, yes. In every one of those categories? Mm-mm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. Well, it, it was presented as a yes or no list event originally, which was, yes, I'll take it. No, I won't take it. Okay. And then it evolved. Okay. But now we're back to the yes and no? I don't know what you mean. 
I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Your Basically, list that you have. It was, it's, yeah, it's like non-negotiables, and right? And preferences. Mm-hmm. And absolutes. I mean, it's the same thing. Oh, I didn't realize it was that kind of setup. I thought it uh-huh. was just like a must-have. And if it doesn't have it, it wasn't happening. So that's like so great because that's a working document, right? Because sometimes <laughs> yeah. like, like maybe you go, why do I keep uh, ending up alone? Oh, I keep dating guys that have roommates and I don't, that's not a preference. That's a non-negotiable. Like, so I'm not, if they have, like, I'm going to ask that on date one. Yeah. Where do you live? Who do you live with? Yeah. So from that, we, we devise questions. (laughs) See, and here's where I'm at. Roommate situation. Hear me out. Mm -hmm. If it was like, he was like, Hey, can I come to your place and make you dinner? I have a roommate. How would you have reacted? I still am not going to date this guy seriously. Even though. I mean, if like, even okay, if, like if I wanted like a, some companionship and I'm just like dating and we, we have a understanding that this is not serious, then I'm like, okay, sure. But you like, know, what like we can enjoy a dinner at my house. That's fine. But I'm not dating him seriously. I want my equal. My equal does not have a fucking roommate. But do you think it's, <laughs> but like, is he your equal? Is he, ha- mm, circumstances. Is he He's just doing that because He's not making enough money for me. If yeah, that's so the that's case, financial. If that's yeah. the case. But like, for instance, somebody I know has, um, let's say their nephew move in and hang out for a couple of months. Nope. Not even a little bit. Nope. Not even because they're helping their nephew out. Nope. Interesting. Oh, she knows her non-negotiables. She does. <laughs> <laughs> See, in me, I'm like, if I have a connection with that person, I'm not going to avoid that connection or I'm not going to turn that connection down just because of this situation that can be changed. See, that's why everything is individual. I ask those questions up front or I learn them quickly and then I'm like, but you probably need to bring some more of like the emotional guys that she's dating into your life. (laughs) No, I don't like emotions. (laughs) I'm allowed to have them. Nobody else is. Hmm. It works really well because she's a logical one. When two emotional people get together, it's a fucking mess. Well, yes. <laughs> right. No, I'm just kidding. I'd have to know more about your dating history. Too. No, yeah. My dating history is fucking terrible. But yeah. I've made, I think, pretty good strides over the last couple of years. Well, good thing you don't live in like San Francisco because I have, I have right. clients all over the, the place and uh, well, some of those cities that are super yeah. expensive, they'll have like eight roommates. Yeah. And yeah. You're like, no, I think, I mean, yeah. you have to be cognizant of your, of your yeah. area and whatnot, but there's no reason why in, in suburb of Detroit mm-hmm. that I can't find somebody who has their own place and lives by themselves. Like that's right. just not, that's. Because ultimately you're, you're looking, are you looking for marriage? Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I'm just here to party. (laughs) YOLO. (laughs) No, no, just, just here to hang out and have a good time, you know? Well, because yeah, all of that stuff links to me to like, um, a lack of maturity in certain areas of their life. Um, a lack of maybe taking responsibility for being in that situation. Um, It doesn't tell me that you can be a provider. It doesn't tell me that um, you are stable enough Mm -hmm. 
it doesn't it doesn't tell me husband material is mm-hmm. what you know what I mean that's fair so or like financial maturity financial maturity and but just see, like some, accountability but like sometimes these types of the things. fiscal maturity part of it is in my opinion that person is literally just saving money just so that they can save money because that's best for them or they made several bad choices and this See, she's is the always best going in with this negative do. onset i'm always going in with the positive outlook and she's like looking and at the negative this is why you are it. yin and yang yes yeah. and home and school See, she's got like this whole negative view on how everything should be and i'm like but it could be and she's like now i think she's just clear you yeah. don't sound negative to me you sound clear no. like she is, doesn't want to f around no absolutely yeah. not yeah. But to me, that's sometimes negative because she's assuming that it's a bad reason for that person to have that situation. I'm not assuming. I'm not assuming. I'm saying that there's there's multiple ways they could have ended up in this situation. I don't care how they ended up in it because I'm not interested. Yeah, we have that. When we go through it. It's fine. And that's fine. When we go through and people write out their preferences, like it brings up a lot of things for people about like a lot of shame. For instance, for the financial part, like sometimes they'll say, um, like we'll say, what do you like? What's your stance on debt? Like Mm -mm. if you date someone that has debt. Mm -mm. And so it'll come up. People will say, well, I don't want to date someone that has debt, but I have debt. So how can I have debt and then ask for someone else to have not have debt? And it's like, listen, we're just looking for truth here. Like debt plus debt equals more debt. You don't want more fucking debt. So he's out. Like, you know, it's just and that's what I kind of hear you saying. It's like, I don't really care what could be. (laughs) I'm looking at right now because I'm serious about dating and, and getting into a serious relationship. Yeah. So that's why I, yeah, in order for me to be as clear as I am and in order for me to be as decisive as I am, like, as we're having this conversation, the only way I got there was by making the list. Yep. Yeah, it helps. Otherwise, you're just she too She just gave clouded. me the dirtiest look ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's too cloudy otherwise. Yeah. Because then you're like, well, he is a great guy. Like, he is super nice. Yeah, and if you if but... you catch yourself on a lonely moment, it's like, yeah. oh, well, he's got a roommate, but he wants to hang out on Sundays. No, do And it's like, I love the quote, a dishonest yes is a no to self. Like, I love yeah, I that quote. Mm. It's from Byron Katie. I don't know if you know who she is. She's like a spiritual teacher. But it's without fail the truth. Like, if you, if, if, it doesn't even matter if, like, someone invited you to a party. This is yeah, what used to happen to me all the time. Troubling like, your own A month self. out, and I'd be like, I have to go. I don't want to go. And no, then no I'm go. bringing this energy there. Right. Like, I don't want to be there. So guess what? Now I'll be like, no, I can't go. <laughs> No, yeah. And it's not even like this happened or this happened. Like, thanks so much for the invite. I can't go because I have to say no to myself because I'm tired. I have things to do. Right. So same thing. Like, yeah. if you go, well, I guess I'll just take this because I'm starving emotionally inside. Mm-hmm. You're not starving. Like when you have a relationship to yourself, you're never starving. Mm-hmm. And, and it sucks sometimes because it's like, I don't have anybody to go to the movies with or I don't have anybody to go for mm-hmm. a walk. So. Well, you know what? Not right now. Yeah. Right now you got yourself and like you can make the best of the situation until there's a better situation or settle and get stuck, which a lot of us do. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I've been in this relationship for 10 years that like I'm not getting my needs met. I guess I just have to stay. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm too afraid to go back out in the dating world. (gasps) Right. Yeah. It's a scary (laughs) place. It's terrifying. It's rough. 
I, I think we were talking downstairs. I was yeah. like, it's not for the weak. That's for sure. Like oh. you are a brave human being and it can be really exciting too. Like when you, when, when you can be with yourself and when you don't have to time travel in the future of like, <gasps> I have to find someone right now. Cause if I don't, I never will. Right? right. If you can just like chill, like it can actually be fun, but, or, and <laughs> maybe we have to look at what avenues you're using. Right. Like if it's terrifying on Bumble, then like the, let's look at a different way. Right. Why let's are do we it using Bumble? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like my best friend who I just talked to on the way here, he's a gay man in um, West Hollywood in LA, which is oh, like wow. the mecca of like wow. every gorgeous gay man in the world. He's living his best life. <laughs> yeah, he is. Well, no, he's not. And oh. he he's having a rough go dating and he's on, I think it's like, not grinder, but there's a different one. Scruff. Scruff, yeah. Okay, so he's on Scruff. The fuck is Scruff? Yeah, Scruff. Yeah. You get woo you woof at somebody if you think you they're attractive. What? Woof? You woof. Yeah. I had a friend who lived in San Francisco and he thought he'd have more opportunities out there as well as a gay man. And no. He actually felt more alone. Yeah, so I got him to get off the app because he was just like, you know. No, like people were like talking to him and then they'd go look on his Instagram and then block mm-hmm. him. And this is like a gorgeous specimen. I mean, every part of this guy is like beautiful. Yeah, they and were he, like scared of it. Like, that's what I was thinking. Right. But mm-hmm. he, he doesn't see that about himself. So I'm like, why don't you take like get off of that? This is like a, an attorney that works for a huge corporation. I go go to some like LGBTQ events for yeah, around the work. Cor- corporation that you work for. Like get out there with people that are like you, that are intelligent, that are professionals. Right. And uh, he's like, you're right. I'm going to do it. And so he gets off it, and on the way here, he sends me, like, a picture of his body, like, his shirtless, and he's like, does does my arms look too small in this? I'm like, are you back on fucking scruff? And he was like, I'm just, I feel isolated without it. I'm like, but you're you're isolated with it. Like, you feel more alone Yeah, you're every isolating time. yourself by going into your phone yeah. instead of, like, I asked last time when we were talking to um, LJ. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do you find that people are more lonely now that they have cell phones? And it's like, yeah, actually, kind of, yeah. Because people are so into their own phone, they're not looking at what everything's going around around them, and then they think they have a social thing going on on their phone, and they're not socializing with everybody around them. And she was like, yeah, I think that does have an impact. But yeah, so yeah. He's and back on scruff. we're all walking around with like an invisible button on our chest. That's like our original wound. Like mine is not enough. So if I go on Instagram and I look at every Instagram model and how perfect they are and airbrush, like I don't feel good about myself. Right. Like that thing gets pushed. Right. And then like from there, I go into some of my survival patterns to manage to tolerate. So like I'll go, I don't know put extensions in or do something that mm-hmm. like isn't really it, it part of my you know of, for what I want to do integral wise and that's the same thing for him in that example it's like that's just hitting his um I don't fit in right. button over and over and over yeah. again and so you're ending up feeling more it's a isolated special kind of torture it is Self, right self-torture it really is and so do does technology make that worse I think so absolutely mm. I think so too because you get in your own head about things that are going on I can actually recall the days and I didn't have a cell phone to go on social media and I was like not happier but I was probably more content I would say yeah. with what I had going on. There's just there's so much temptation. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like just that whole like you can compare yourself, you can, you know, I mean, you can look up your ex boyfriend and like right now we could just one one second like find out their whole life. I, I mean, know. back in the yeah. day it was like I don't need to. Yeah, like no news is good news, right? But it's like it's all there, and if we just hit a, like one little bad moment, it's just all at our fingertips, and it's it's tough. I mean. I don't know. I'm a spiritual person, so I feel like there's a reason for it all, and it's probably leading us to something um, that will make sense of this. Because I, you know, I'm like, whoa, and and I work <laughs> with so many people that just suffer with these apps mm-hmm. and with social. I mean, I'm telling you guys, like anyone that comes to me in crisis, probably one of the first things I look at is their relationship to social media. Like, do we need to get off social media? Do we, we who do we need to block? Yikes. Yeah. Because it's so scary. It's rough. That's a lot. That's a huge world to dive into because you have the brains of that person, which is like one universe, but then you have their social media community or platforms or whatever. Like that's a whole new, and it could be different on each app, right? Like, yeah, it's just in- really looking at like how is this impacting you emotionally? Are you emotionally <laughs> safe? So it, it gets pretty clear pretty fast. Like when they call and go, like, <gasps> and what happened? Oh, I went on his social media and I saw that he's dating someone else. It's like, oh, yep, we need a break from social media, yeah. right? Like, so it, it becomes but pretty then, apparent. Yeah, again, it's that self-torture of like, well, why did you go looking for Because that? you're thinking like, logically. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm yeah. as guilty yeah. as somebody else for going and looking up past people or I was hunting say, down information or She's whatever. not emotional, but she has emotional drive sometimes. <laughs> we all do. Uh, yeah. It's called being human. But then, but then that's the thing that happens. Like, then you're like, but why, why am I pushing this button? though you know like why am i doing this to myself like that's the emotional anxiety that i experience where mm. it's like you go and you look at somebody you're like why are you doing this to me it's like they're mm. not actually doing that to you they're trying to do it for themselves and you're intruding on them that's how i see it now and it's self-regulation that's what you're talking yeah. about like when you can actually i mean that's what we teach people to do i had to learn it to actually pause and mm-hmm. and get in that brain and go is this going to help me I right. like no this yeah. I don't need to know this information but when we're like pain shopping because that that wound has like that button has been pushed like I'm not feeling enough right now so I might as well load up and go see what Brandon's doing or whatever like <laughs> does Walter. he still love me <laughs> fucking yeah, Walter, Walter. Walter right? <laughs> and it's and it's not even just guys or significant others or exes it's like sometimes it's friendships that mm-hmm. like didn't work out or like your company that yeah. you left and it was an empowered move but then like something went wrong that day and you're like wait are they better without me <laughs> and you know social media is the biggest mind fuck of all time it's the absolute worst like nobody is on there going like uh, I, I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm this like, is really I'm depressed. Yeah. Question for you. Yeah. How many people, maybe ballpark percentage if you can, have you met who have been like, oh yeah, I actually have three different personalities on my social media and oh. here are all 14 accounts that I have? No, I don't think anybody. Really? No one that's like, so you're saying someone has like multiple accounts with yeah. different personas? Yes. Like, the way they're projecting themselves? I don't. Interesting. Have you asked? No, I have not asked. But it's that's interesting to me. Is this someone that you know, or is this you? Or no, something? I'm saying like, oh. people in general, like, they will have multiple 
like uh there's a term finsta it's a fake instagram so it's like you have people who are portraying themselves in multiple different spotlights pending their audience got it i'm wondering if the people that you work with have this mentality that if they were to portray something of themselves like different facets of themselves if that's something that they were doing no i have not had that but i've definitely worked with people that don't have a core concept of self and Uh, are and are like you know altering who they are for their quote-unquote audience like maybe you're one way at work I mean I was that way I was a kindergarten teacher at one point and like partying my face off (laughs) you know and like and like doing things that I would not want like my parents of my students to know so it was like that we call it secretive behavior right where it's just like um typically it you grew up in an environment where there was a lot of neglect. So like in order to get your needs met, you had to go off to the side. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, if I'm this way here, nobody can judge me. Right. So I'm going to just like alter this and only put these people that won't judge me so that like you still get your needs met and you're safe. But it's in a secretive, you know, form. And it all of that always ends up just being shameful. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. To some degree. At the end of the day. Yeah. So I see people do it in their real life. I've not heard it in like different social media accounts, but pr- maybe it has. No, I, yeah, it, I mean, mm-hmm. I've I've known people who have been like, check out my Instagram account for this, and I'm like, what is this? It's like a whole different persona. It's a whole different projection of how they see themselves, and it's maybe it's like maybe maybe not healthy. Maybe no, I don't <laughs> think it's healthy. <laughs> I mean, I when know. I first started doing this type of work, I went from being not very healthy to healthy you know I'm putting air quotes in as I'm saying it Um, (laughs) so I remember going like whoa which one am I because there's all these people that knew me as like fun crazy fun Robin and now I have these other people that are like oh she's got her shit together and she helps me you know and it was like I had to take the time to merge like that healthier part of me we call it your healthy adult and like who am I Mm -hmm. and she gets one Instagram page And she gets one social life, right? Yeah. And one relationship. And like, yeah. it's not, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, again, it's just always like coming back to that work with self. Like, I would love to work with somebody like that and go, who the fuck are you? Right. Yeah. Like, you don't know. Yeah, exactly. Well, on that note, mm-hmm. we at the end of each episode do an add a girl where we. Oh. Give ourselves a little bit of a pat on the back for something that's happened recently or something that we're proud of ourselves for doing because uh, sometimes our conversations can be maybe a little bit negative mm-hmm. or, you know, you don't want to just put like complainy energy out in the air. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. We're and also doing this for positivity. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we actually get quite a bit of self-care. It's like dating from... sucks, dating sucks, but yeah. everybody go out there and date me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. have a nice butthole, yeah, lady. Right. Yeah. <laughs> skin tags um so uh my add a girl for uh this week is i've been doing a lot of house projects lately and i've been learning like 
when enough is enough for me, <laughs> which is hard. Like if I have, she doesn't have an off button. Yeah, she has a dead button, and <laughs> yeah. then she like collapses. I know that. I have that too. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I'm the laziest person alive. Oh. <laughs> no, if I've got an end goal, or if I'm working towards something, I almost get like a tunnel vision mm-hmm. where I'm like, I'm finishing this, you know. And I've had a couple of things where I'm like, okay, this is just this is enough for today. And it'll get done when it gets done. And, like, that's huge for me. You take the pressure off yourself. Yeah. I'm yeah. really proud that's of her. That's an girl. Yeah. I'm really proud of her. Yeah. I did the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just let myself be lazy. And I laid on my couch and I started knit- crocheting myself a new sweater with some alpaca oh. fuzz that I got from the <laughs> summer. Like, I just decided to do me. I love that. And I didn't shower. <laughs> And you look fabulous. Oh, you're sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-mm. No, but I'm I'm proud of myself because usually I try and force myself to do my chores. She always makes fun of me because I'm always like, I vacuumed my house, and she's like, Great, everybody should. And I'm like, But it's a big deal. So that's I how I feel when I go through my mail. <laughs> yes, that like too. I, I'm I'm like legit. ADD. I had to pull my shredder into my kitchen because that's how bad I am about not fucking with my mail. I just oh want God. I want to call every institution imagine. and say, Stop sending me things in the mail. I d- I'm not gonna look. But like, but also I have a problem where like. I open up my mail immediately. Like, as soon as it comes out of the box, I take care of it. If it's a bill, I pay it immediately. Like, it'll go right back into the mailbox if it has to go out. Like, see, no. I can't pile stuff nope. up. I have a fucking... Can you see me staring at her like, <laughs> what kind of dinosaur, like, special sp- specimen is this? Yeah, do you see how I feel now? How do you do that? Because I'm like, I have a 13-foot stack, 13 foot stack of fucking papers that I pulled out of my mailbox, and I didn't know what to do with them, so I just <sighs> left them. And then I had to figure it out at, like, 2.30 in the morning the other day, because I was I was like, I gotta finish this shit right now. Like, I, mm. I'm emotionally healthy, but there's still some places I need to grow up. <laughs> I'm checking my mails with me and deleting my emails. Like, people see my phone and they're like, oh, I'm I'm having an anxiety attack at the number of emails you have in there. And I'm like, yeah, sorry, don't. Oh, y'all, I have like 30 text and red text messages, and people are like, what are you doing with your life? It's like, meh. I don't need to check all my old Navy coupons in my <laughs> inbox. Like, I don't care. But I do, <laughs> Other things to do. I do delete those. Oh, yeah, those well, are you've inspired me. Uh, <laughs> oh, good. Do you have? Um, yeah, yeah. Do you have an Atta girl? Or sure. I mean, it can be from anything. Yeah. Like You don't have to pick it from this week. Um, it could be your whole life. My whole life. <laughs> yes, oh, ma'am. Well, how much more time do we have? No. Um, <laughs> I, my Atta girl is that this is my first podcast. <gasps> Yay! So I, I am now, yeah. you de-virginized me. That's so oh. great. We prepped your podcast yeah. cheer. That's right. <laughs> so I'm just happy that that's under my belt now, I can say. Yeah. I have another one next month, but um, this is my Nothing first like one. like the first. I know. Hey. I'll always remember the two of you. <laughs> oh, snap. Well, you better. Is there um, is there uh, Instagram or a website where you want to send people so they can get information? Yeah, or sure. How to contact so you? my Instagram handle is Robin R O B I N Breck B R E C K. Um, also, you can check us out at lovetopivot.com. Um, there, we also have an Instagram and Facebook. The handles love to pivot, T O pivot, and then check out the She Hive. So the She Hive yeah. is, um, I just think it's shehivedetroit.com. Okay, but either way, it's the only She Hive in uh, in the Detroit, in Michigan, actually in the U.S. But uh, 
it is an amazing place if anybody's local in Michigan. Um, and they also do some online courses too. So people that are listening in other areas, but it is just a really, really cool place then. And their slogan is fuck should, which I just think like, (laughs) I heard it. I was like, I gotta go there. Yeah. That's super amazing. How often do you, uh, hold a session there? So um, I am doing, you're right, I should plug that. I am doing a, uh, yeah, a small group coaching class. And it starts on the 28th of January, I think, if that's a Tuesday. Um, And that's a small group, so it's only six people. So it fills up pretty fast. And um, I also see clients out of there. So I see individual clients there face-to-face that are local. And then um, I see all my other clients that are all over the U.S. and Canada, um, either through Skype, FaceTime, or over the phone. Man, this is really cool. So I looked up the website while you were were talking about it. It's theshehive.com. And they just have a plethora of things for women. All different types. it's wonderful. It's goal setting, don't know where to start, how to knit, explore your creativity, independence. There's a public speaking class that's amazing for women. Business. Awesome. Business. And I'm the resident relationship and life coach. So we talk about emotions. And then they have a small group for uh, a a group therapy. I mean, there's just so many things. Yeah, this is wonderful. For everybody. They have spirituality coaches. You. Yep. Well, thank you so much for this being is wonderful. here. Thank you. This is such a, a good conversation. Yeah, it yeah. was. We always love to have these little bits of like, we're not that dumb on occasion. Yeah. <laughs> so smart. <laughs> Atta girl. We make smart. Most yes. of the time. We may have done very dumb things <laughs> in our life, but we're smart. Yeah. We know what we're doing. Yes. Yeah. And I now that I know where you live, I might just like show up here. You're more than and just welcome. Just sit yeah. and watch you guys. No, you're more than <laughs> so welcome. fun. As a matter of fact, we do have a few events coming up. Oh, that Gia. We'll Sorry. Plug Gia. later. Oh, did she just okay. bite you? It's okay. She uh she was, I think, sleeping with her eyes open. Oh, you might hear her. <laughs> well, you know, I have a blind dog, and she bites yeah. all the time. So, <laughs> did you notice I wasn't even like I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Wait, about I'm that. sorry. Did she Gia sleeps with her eyes open sometimes. Yeah, she was staring sorry, at me while she Gia. was sleeping. I thought I, she was awake. Maybe she. Yeah, it's she looked okay. like she got scared. Like she, she was jumpy okay, because honey. she was out of it. Yeah, she feels bad now. Yeah, she definitely feels no, bad. No, it's okay. I understand. Look at her. She's like, oh, I did something wrong. Oh, She's it. like, I'll make this first podcast really memorable. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> well, if you like what you heard, uh, rate, subscribe, um, share with your friends, follow us on Instagram at homance underscore chronicles. Join the Facebook closed group, uh, Judgment Free Zone. And um, follow us on Twitter at homance underscore podcast. And that's it, right? Yeah. All right, cool. Homance out. Thanks, ladies. Thank, Thank you. you.